0: Thanks, Oral. Hey, guys, how are we all today? I'm so humbled to be here and honoured to be called to be here as an associate pastor here at Uniting North. Um, As Oral said, my name's Eddie, um, and I'm really excited to have this opportunity to share just a bit of my life story with everyone here today. I look forward to pastoring here, to growing alongside each and every one of you and working together to just love the community around us and love God just before I leap into sharing my story and sort of how I got to be here I'd love to introduce my lovely wife Natasha who's also moving here Um, we've known each other for two years and we've been married for one of them which is pretty good Uh, in that time I'm pretty sure I've only ever seen her eat nachos Um, and to to commemorate today she actually got me this card, which she gave to me last night, which I wanted to share with you all. She was bragging that she'd found the perfect card for me starting as a pastor. And I was thinking, there's no way Hallmark makes like a congratulations on being a pastor card. That's too specific. <laughs> and, but she's not a liar. <laughs> um, but I wasn't thinking she was being a truther as well. And she got me this card and it says, woohoo, it's your birthday but that's crossed out and it says first day as a pastor. <laughs> so I just thought that was something nice to share. Um, why don't you say one or two words just to introduce yourself?
1: Hello. <laughs> um, apart from eating nachos, I'm also a teacher. I teach grade six at a Christian school just locally. Um, and I'm just so excited to be here. We're both so excited and so blessed to um, get to serve alongside you. And we're just so looking forward to getting to know each of you um, over a plate of nachos. So before um, Eddie takes the microphone off me, I would just love to pray for Eddie as he talks and shares his message um, and for all of you as well. God, thank you for loving us and that we get to love you. Thank you that we get to be here at Uniting North and that we are able to serve you here. I pray for everyone here that doesn't know you yet, that they might come to know you and for those that do, that their faith is strengthened. I pray that when Eddie talks this morning, you are able to speak through him and that you will be glorified. We thank you for the leadership of Oral and for the welcoming spirit of this church. Amen. Thanks, Funky. I actually hate nachos. Uh,
0: can't eat tomato, but it's... <laughs> We're always cooking two different meals at home. We'll be in the kitchen together cooking and I'm sort of frying something on the fry pan and Tasha's doing something with the microwave in the oven and we sit down at the same time but we just eat separate things. Um, I'm just going to share a bit of my life uh, with you guys today. Oral's asked me to sort of share the story of how I came to know Jesus and how I got here. Uh, Just before I start, I'd like to let you all know that my father-in-law Darcy is here. Hey, Darcy. He probably hates that I just did that. <laughs> Whenever we're sitting around the dinner table or something um, at home for a family dinner, he'll always point out my propensity to say the word like as I talk. Uh, so I just wanted to give you that disclaimer now, and you can start tallying now, Darcy, because uh, <laughs> I know I'll do it, and I apologise in advance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's already counting. <laughs> he's got his phone out tallying. They actually got married in this church a few years ago, so it's really exciting for them, I think, to be here and for it to all come full circle. Although, when I told them that I was starting uh, working in a church, they were really excited, and then I told them which one, and they were really excited, and then it clicked because i just told them we were looking at repurposing and remodeling the church. They're like, but we got married there. (laughs) But I'm really glad you guys are here. So, following Jaden last week, i was just thinking how starkly different our lives growing up were but it's exciting how we came to the same point i uh, also brought a book for notes and from a distance it looks like i'm sophisticated and it's leather bound but it's actually also avengers print if you look at it really closely <laughs> so i'm keeping i'm keeping the i'm keeping the tradition um i grew up uh, decidedly non-christian i uh I was blessed my parents sent me to a Christian school but it was one of those ones that it was a Christian school it really cared about good grades Um, and I struggled a lot with uh, I guess ideas of identity and who I was and I think there's this void that we all sort of feel and I tried to fill it with a lot of other things as I grew up um there you go Darcy. <laughs> at school, I I blacked out drunk for the first time at 14. It's probably what you need to know about me growing up first. I was wi- I was a wild child. I didn't listen to my parents, and because I was naturally intelligent, the whole time I grew up there was this expectation that I'd go on to be a uh, doctor or a lawyer or something that really used my intelligence. And because of that pressure, I just fell into uh, doing whatever would make me forget about it. Um, So high school was a difficult time for me, but I was also able to uh, go out every weekend, tell my parents I was off studying and get straight A's. So, I was lucky in that regard um and then on the way to also as a disclaimer this whenever i tell my story like this i feel the need to say my parents are in general pretty lovely people and they'll probably come one day to church and you'll probably meet them and these are just the snapshots of how i got to where i was Uh, so i feel like sometimes when i tell my story i paint the picture of them as sort of horrible autocrats who are controlling everything and it's not completely correct but when I was younger it was. They're, they're excited now that I'm starting at a church uh, whereas two years ago when they met Tash they asked Do you, are you aware he's throwing his life away to try and become a pastor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she said yes, that's why, that's why I love him. <laughs> so uh, that weighed quite heavily on me and I tried to fill that void that I felt with essentially anything. I, I drank a lot. Um, got into underage drinking. I uh, d- abused substances that I probably shouldn't have. Um, I, I was very far from God. And even though I'd heard a few things about him at my Christian school, I didn't know him. I didn't know anything. When it came time to apply for university, uh, my mum kindly came in with me on QTAC Submission Day, unlike every other parent, and sat down on my login and told me what my preferences were and put them in for me, which... um, I vehemently argued that I didn't want to do pharmacy, uh, that I didn't want to do medicine, and we compromised at pharmacy. She said, well, how about pharmacy then? I said, fine, it's not medicine. I didn't know what it was, and I got to uni, and I was like, oh, it's basically medicine. Unfortunately, uh, at pharmacy, they know how to party and what to use to party and how to get their hands on anything. So it was probably the worst place I could have landed with where I was and how I was feeling. Uh, And at uni, I had more freedom from being watched by my family and I fell further into filling the void with anything that wasn't Jesus. But all was not lost. I met a group of Christians at uni in my uh, first year. They were proselytizing on campus and I walked past on club sign-up day and they waved me down, gave me a free coffee, so I stopped and gave them five minutes of time. And in my degree, there was a lovely man named Adam and he was part of this Christian group but he was also the guy I sat next to uh, in all my classes. And in between classes, he'd invite me along to things, and eventually I caved and started going with him because I was happy to socialize and see people. I just let them all know that they were wrong, they were idiots, and I was just there for like the free lunches. Um, but they kept having me, which is a huge credit to them, and I'm very lucky that they did. I'm also very lucky I did a degree that took four and a half years because it took me a long time to come around to uh, knowing Jesus. Sometime around my uh, second or third year at university, uh, for some reason I started to get very sick. Uh, probably had a little bit to do with the lifestyle that I was living, but I wasn't ready to admit that. I you know when you see someone and you just look at them and you're like, oh, that guy's sick. Well, yeah, they, they gaunt. They're, I was a lot thinner than I was now. And whenever I started to go to the bathroom, it would just be blood, which was quite scary. And I spent about a year bouncing around the medical system, going to a doctor. They checked if it was this common thing. It wasn't that common thing. They're like, oh, it's probably this other common thing that's harmless. It wasn't that other common thing that was harmless. And it would happen, and it would stop happening, and it would happen, and it would stop happening. And eventually, I reached this frustrated point about eight months in. I said, that's it. I'm just going to a new doctor. This one doesn't seem to be taking it seriously. I don't think I've even had a blood test yet. Uh, I'll just go to a new one. So I packed up all my stuff, went to the first other bulk billing doctor I found, uh, told them my history and they looked me up and down and looked at what had been eliminated so far and they said, I'm so sorry that it's taken you this long to get here. I think there's a very good chance you have uh, quite a late stage bowel cancer. And that hit me like a tonne of bricks. I was 19, 20, uh, I was young. That shouldn't be happening to me. That happened to other people. That happened to older people that I... But I also, and in hindsight, it was probably the depression. I also wasn't that upset. I was just sort of like, oh, okay, like, Let's work at that. And I went to my friend Adam uh, from the Christian group at university. And I sat him down and the doctor had skipped the queue so I could go in for exploratory surgery uh, in three days from that time. And they said, we're going to empty you out. You're going to have the surgery. And if we find anything, we'll put you into a coma and remove it straight away. So don't have any plans for like the next few weeks or months. which was kind of scary. Um, and I sort of got home and I was like, oh, how was the doctor? I was like, oh, oh bad. <laughs> um, and I shared with them and I met up with Adam the next day at uni and I said, look, this is where I'm at and what's happening. And I said, look, we both know that God's not real, this thing you subscribe to. But on the off chance that he is, can you pray for me? And we prayed for a long time. He was like, "God doesn't really work like that, Eddie." But we can pray. And I think it was a five or six-hour meeting at uni. And I think he coaxed the sinner's prayer out of me. In hindsight, he was like, "And I was." He was like, oh God, Eddie, Eddie, sorry for the way he's lived, and he wants to know you." I'm like, "But mainly, God, I want to not be sick, <laughs> like that other stuff, but but mainly my health." Um, I went in for the surgery and they did a um, uh, colonoscopy, if you know what that is, and they had a look around everywhere. They took seven biopsies from the inside of me to test for every autoimmune disease under the sun. And when I came out, there there was no doctor there, there was just a nurse and the nurse came over and I sort of grabbed her arm and I was like, what is it? Like, And she was like, oh, I'll go get the doctor. And I was like, oh, it's bad, she's getting the doctor. The doctor came over, and he's looking at his clipboard, and he's frowning pensively, and he said, there's nothing wrong. We can't find the cause of the bleeding. And why are why, why you so unwell? And in my head, like, I wish I could say, oh, God save me. But all I thought was idiot doctors. It's happening every week. <laughs> Surely you can find it. Um, he said that there was one patch inside uh along my intestines where there was a higher concentration of blood vessels now what the body does is when there's injury or damage is it redirects your blood vessels to have a uh, higher blood flow to the area because the nutrients that heal the body are in your blood so he said there's an area where there is an abnormally large concentration of blood vessels like there was something there but it's long since healed well had symptoms last week. How's that possible? And he said, "Oh, I don't know. It looks like it's and, and at this point I was almost thinking that he thought I was lying. And I was like, "No, it's been happening." And he was like, "Look, I'll give you a, a container and next time it happens, take a sample and we'll do some tests. And we're also going to run the biopsies. Um, but we'll we'll call you." And it hasn't happened since that day. So, praise God, that's awesome. Yeah, and I wish I could say I marched myself into church with Adam that week and said, I'm a Christian now, but I didn't. I went straight back to partying and doing what I wanted. I was like, oh, dodge that bullet. Uh, And I went on and just uh, kept ignoring Jesus. And I went back to partying hard for another six months until one Sunday morning where I woke up on a mattress on the floor in my mate's living room. Couldn't remember the night before. My mate was sitting there sort of smiling and he handed me the usual morning regime of two panadol, a glass of hydrolyte and a multivitamin. He said, Oh, it's a good night last night, hey. And I was just sort of lying there and I had this moment of it wasn't a good night last night. I don't even remember it. I feel horrible. I think I'm gonna go throw up despite this multivitamin and Panadol. I what am I doing? And then I just sort of lay there and I thought, I've had this awesome second chance at life. I've been through something. And I'm wasting it. And I got out my phone. And this is probably three or four years after I met Adam now. And every week he's been sort of inviting me to church. And he was even like, oh, remember that big thing that happened? Maybe God's real. And I sort of just call him out of the blue. And I say, hey, man, uh can I come to church with you tonight? Is it too late? Like, do I have to book a seat or something? And he was like, no. <laughs> well, and he was like, Where are you, mate? I'll, I'll come get you right now. And and I think he was worried if he didn't see me all day, I'd, I, I'd not go. He had to sort of get me, and get me there. And there's an awesome story from his point of view as well, which I think is lovely to share. I was his project. Every week at Bible study, every... Uh, week at church when he was talking to the the pastors and we he was talking to the people in his life group he would always say oh there's this mate of mine called Eddie and I'm I'm going to save him I'm going to I'm going to get him to church and that week he'd gone to his life group and he said I don't think I can do it I've I've done everything I've I've tried everything I I don't think I don't think I can make Eddie come to church it's not something that's it's not something that I can do like we can keep praying for him but I can't do it. And as soon as I called him, it was like, "Oh, okay. God does it." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um but it, it was just cool that the timing on for both both sides from us. Uh it was it was God that saved me and God that led me in those doors. And I've been to church every Sunday since. Uh my life changed. I fell in love with Jesus. I I got there and Adam Adam what we had the same first year at uni he went off into medicine and to become a real doctor while I stayed in the pharmacy subject. So he was a very smart man. And whenever I did go along to a Bible study or something with him, he knew everything. And I just thought, well, that's every Christian. So for the first few months of uh, going along to church, I refused to go to any Bible studies. i get laughed at. I devoured the Bible front to end. I was listening to podcasts. I was like, well... If this God is real, I've got to prove that he's real. I've got to know it. I can't just follow him blindly. And I, I studied. And about six months after going to church, I was like, all right, I'm ready to come along to a Bible study. Like, I think I, think I won't be laughed at. I've got my, I know my stuff. Like, maybe I'll be able to nod at the right points and say one thing that, that isn't stupid. And I get there, and we're sitting around with a group of guys, and someone says, oh, in Genesis it says this. And someone who'd been going to church for years and years and years sort of turns and says, Genesis, is that, the fir- is that in the Old Testament or the New Testament? <laughs> and I was like, what? All <laughs> <Ooh>, this reading? <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> but uh, it helped me uh, get to know God and grow close to him. So I was very happy that, that I had that period of time. Uh, since then, I've been encouraged in my christian walk i uh about a year into uh, going to church i went i went back then i went to reedy creek Baptist. one of my mates from there jake is there in the back row (laughs) who's come along to hear me this morning which is exciting but a bunch of us went away to a conference uh and while we were all praying i felt this cool on my heart after someone had preached i felt this cool almost of god saying that'll be you one day like I want you preaching and ministering my word and sharing me. I thought, no, that's dumb. Uh, do you know me, God? Do you know, do you know the life that I've led up to this point? I'm going to be a pharmacist. I might eventually transfer into med and do that because that was probably a pretty smart idea anyway. That I'm happy to come and I'm happy to acknowledge the place you have, but that's not me. And then I shared it with my pastor who'd come with us and he said no that is you that's what i've been feeling as well uh and he encouraged me and uh eventually i went to bible college then i ran away from it and then i went again (laughs) and i've now finished my diploma of ministry and i'm a couple of subjects and a dissertation or finishing my masters of theology Uh, and i'm here which is which is awesome and i'm so thankful um been a journey I got married to Tash which was awesome and I'm living in the life that God has wanted for me and most importantly I was saved from the grip of sin as we can often do with these stories uh, these testimonies that when we share them of people going from sinner to saved It's so easy to end the story with, oh, and then I found Jesus. And we sort of stop there. And it's like, Jesus is the afterthought. Uh, But I don't, the thing I don't like about that is I don't want to give sin center stage. Like, that's the important part of my life. And I also don't want to try and give the illusion that I have center stage, as though through my power somehow, or through my strength of character, I dragged myself to Jesus' doorstep and then he just carried me the last 5% of the way. The strength of our stories or our testimonies uh, is not in the darkness, but it's in the light of Jesus. He's the one who saves us. He's the one who died for our sins. And he's the one who paid the price that I should have paid for my life before, so that we can enjoy eternity and be reconciled with God. I just want to share a scripture this morning. Uh, in Matthew five fourteen to 16, we are uniquely charged by Jesus to be the light of the world, uh, not in order to be saved, but as a response to the salvation that God gives to us. Uh, he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be broken. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I'm only where I am today through the grace and love of Jesus, who is working through his people. And Adam was an ordinary Christian, He wasn't a pastor or a chaplain or someone ordained in any way. He was just a guy who went to his life group regularly. He went to his church regularly, and he had a mate who wasn't a Christian, and he said, oh, God probably wants me to change that. Uh, He dragged me over the line like some kind of kicking and screaming toddler. It wasn't in my power. It wasn't in my strength. It was through the good works of others, working through God. Through their good works, now I am able to give glory to our Father in heaven. But like I said, my testimony doesn't end with, and now I know Jesus. Now I'm part of that aforementioned light of the world that Jesus talks about. Now I live in that city on the hill. And if we call ourselves Christians, we all do. If we have a testimony that ends with, and now i have found jesus we are also called to those good works so that others may come to glorify god i'm so excited to be here as a pastor both to serve this church community and to serve the community around us i look forward to many coffees with each and every one of you here and to hear about your stories and your testimonies how you came to know god and the ministries that you're passionate about and the things you want to see change in this neighbourhood. We live in an area with so much need. So many people who have a testimony that doesn't yet include finding Jesus. I look forward to reaching the community and looking outwards alongside each and every one of you. And I'm passionate about reaching people who are as lost as I once was. And to be used by God the last thing Jesus said to us before he ascended was a great commission he implored us to go to spread the light as his people and assured us that he was with us with all authority until the end of time I'd like to finish by reading that verse and praying for us as a congregation but before I do I'd just like to let you know that if you aren't a Christian and you do want to know more about Jesus, what that transformative effect is, and what following him looks like, please come talk to me afterwards while we're all having a snag at the sausage sizzle. Please come and talk to Oral. Talk to one of the chaplains. Talk to, one of, talk to my wife. One of my wives. <laughs> my only <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> or talk to someone who calls this place home. Um, they would love to have that conversation with you. Let me read from Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen to 20. And Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold... I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you so much that you're for us. And thank you so much that we get to have a relationship with you and we get to enjoy you forever. God, I thank you for this awesome welcoming community at Uniting North I thank you for the leadership of Oral I thank you for the other team members, the community chaplains thank you for each person here who's thought that coming to church on Sunday was a really good use of their Sunday morning God I pray for the ministries that we're all going to be doing together I pray for the people that we're going to reach pray for Kumara, the northern end of the Gold Coast and the whole Gold Coast. I pray that we're able to look outside in, we're able to see the needs of the people around us and work together to reach them and share your light with them. God I beg that you use us in whatever way you see fit. So that people may come to know you. So that people stop filling that void in their heart with things aren't you, but so that they realize that that's a God-shaped hole that only God will fit in. Thank you for Jesus and the cross. We love you. We praise you. We glorify you. And we're so thrilled that we get to enjoy you forever me in